This is exactly right. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... <coughs> I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. If you're a fan of meticulously crafted worlds that reimagine every little detail, then you'll enjoy the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Host Eric Malinsky spent over a decade working in public radio and uses those skills to create a sound-rich podcast that features interviews with Andy Weir, who wrote The Martian, the writers of hit TV shows like Star Trek Strange New Worlds, designers of games like Magic the Gathering, and the puppeteer who designed Miss Piggy. You can find Imaginary Worlds wherever you're listening to this podcast. Welcome to another episode of I Saw What You Did. My name is Millie DeSherico. I'm Daniel Henderson. And we are here today to talk to you about film and filming and film stuff. Uh, Danielle, what's going on with you? What's up? <laughs> How are you doing? I'm fine. Just ringing you know, in the new year? Just keeping it going? Yeah. You know, had some uh, had some personal news um, come through during the holidays that, um, I, I just, let's just say I have a lot more free time than I think I had before. <laughs> so I'm, uh, getting used to it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, just sliding into a, a more relaxed way of life, <laughs> which I love. I love the adjustment of that. I have been doing the opposite. So as you know, I do my Uber list every year. We talked about it last episode. And one of the things I put on my list, because... I'm 45, is that I I just, I have to start taking care of my skin somehow. You know, like I just, every, any, anything that's happening up to this point has just been pure genetics, but I can see that train crashing. Like my grandma's 90. I look at her face all the time and I'm like, you're still very cute. You don't look like you're 90, but I see, I see what's coming. Yeah. So... I've started electrocuting my face, essentially. I mean, that's how I put it. I think most people would say that I'm using a microcurrent yes. <laughs> machine. You have, is it like a handheld zapper and you're like... I have two things. So let me tell you. And here's, here's the only reason I even attempted to get into this. So last January, I was in London with my friend Amy who is just like very chic and elegant and wonderful. And we were walking around Notting Hill and we passed a place called the Face Gym, which I immediately made fun of. I was like, a face gym? The fuck is this shit? <laughs> Total face fitness control. <laughs> Total face control. And I was like, what? And she's like, and then she stopped me. And she's like, actually, they're amazing. Like, they're wonderful, amazing places. And then she went in and made us two appointments. Oh, hell And I was yeah. like, what the hell? What's going on here? And I'm like, all right, I'll, get, I'll try anything once, which has not served me well in life as an ethos, but I can't give it up. It's just the way I am. I'm that way too. I love it. I think I think we're on the right side of of history. With I've this. had a lot of fun. I've made a yeah. lot of mistakes, but I've had a lot of fun. 
Sure. Try and it. And now so, you went to the face gym. So this is yeah. great. Tell me, tell what's, me more. What's the worst that's going to happen in a face gym? They're going to like beat me up, like literally punch me in the face. <laughs> Whoever the Billy Blanks of faces comes in and is like, get those cheeks up. No they, more, no more lines. <laughs> they exhume the stop the insanity lady and she just starts shouting at your face. <laughs> like, what's the worst? So I go in and they have this menu you can choose from. And I'm like, start me out with the basics, like just clean my pores. And like, like so they did, like they kind of did this mist and this cleaning thing. And they use like a vacuum to like suck up your face. And they put all these oils on it. And then they use this microcurrent thing. And what the woman who was doing my, my face gymming did... <laughs> <laughs> was she did one half of my face first and then she gave me a mirror and mm. I looked and I was like oh damn I yes. can actually see a difference oh they love doing that shit they I love being like check out what we just did the other the other half of your face is old as fuck look at this the baby's other- <laughs> face yeah, it's, it, like, it's like the ultimate stunting. Like they do that shit at like Sephora. They do it at every, every fucking time I've been to like an esthetician. They're like, "See what ha- we just did? You're dumb." Oh, but look anyway. at you, dummy! They're like, "Look at this crypt creeper fucking shit you walk around with most of the time, and look at this Shirley Temple shit we just gave you." <laughs> it was shocking, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think I look bad. But then they gave me that mirror, and I was like, I look haggard. <laughs> I've been walking around these streets looking like a fucking ghost. So, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, do the other side immediately. So she did the other side. And I'm like, what is... And you can buy the microcurrent machine there, but I didn't buy it there because I'm like, I'm not paying uh, UK prices for, Absolutely. for this thing. So I came home and I'm like, what could I get? Like, I started looking up like microcurrent. So I got this thing from New Face, N-U Face, yep. which is how you know it's fancy. Got an umlaut. Uh-huh. So it's this little handheld thing and it's got these two knobs on it. And then you put this like oil on your face and <laughs> you just start fucking zapping your face. And it zaps it like every couple of seconds. You can kind of change. I think there's three speeds. And I've just been zapping my damn face. Just zapping it up. It's stimulating collagen. Isn't that what it's supposed to be doing or something like I that? I think so. This is the thing. Like, I don't know the science of it. It just works. We should get Elizabeth to come on again I know. from True Beauty Brooklyn. So don't quote me on this. But I feel like it's because like our our cells are just getting old and we need to in order to look new, you have to regenerate them. So you either have to fucking shock them to death or scrape them off with a razor. Have you ever tried that? Dermoplaning? I think that that's Hell what it's called. No. They no. Make, they make those face razors now. It's like a tiny little face razor. And you, and much like you, like doing the new face stuff, I think you like put some kind of moisturizer or oil on your face and then you start scraping. And then apparently it's scraping away dead skin cells. So then you just obliterate the first shitty old witch layer. And then it's like underneath, it's like baby skin. It's beautiful. Like, so I think that's what you have to do, I guess, is destroy the fucking cells, the old cells, and then it regenerates new ones. I my could be only wrong. comparison point for this is my feet. So it's like when your feet are calloused, you got to scrape them off with that like planer thing. So you're basically taking a, your face callus off. Yes, yes. So I the think new that's... skin can come out underneath. Yeah, and also like something about lymphatic drainage, which I'm a little unclear about, which is that 
I guess if you're like electrocuting your fucking face, like the lymphatic system is like, oh, start sending blood and beauty stuff to this area because we are electrocuting it. <laughs> like this bitch is electrocuting us. Time to get to work. Time to make the fucking donuts. Like I have had lymphatic <laughs> massages <laughs> before and I feel, but they didn't use any electricity. It's just like their hands, but they like yeah. massage in certain places so that it stimulates. So yeah. I'm using electricity now. I'm like, let's let's get into this modern shit. And I've been fucking electrocuting my face. And I have yeah. like my, my cheekbones are coming out again. Like I usually have, again, all genetics, but I have high cheekbones and like yeah. pretty nice skin. But now it looks even better. Yes. And then I got this thing. They sold me on it on Instagram. Here's how you get me to electrocute my face. Don't show me a 20-year-old with, like, naturally dewy skin being like, and this is how I keep my skin. Like, I don't care. Show me a 70-year-old woman who's like, I have frown lines from 1983. That's how you get me to buy your shit. So that's yeah. why I bought a Sola Wave, which is a tiny wand, and it uses red light therapy and... It buzzes and it warms up and I've been using it because I have frown lines like in between my eyes because I just like scrunch my eyes together all the time. So I have these two little lines now coming out. The 11s. The the 11s. I got the 11s. So I've been using the wand on the 11s and it fucking works. It's like three weeks. Yeah. And I realized, like, my only problem is that I have to do it all the time. Yeah. I can't just do it once a week and be like, I'm good. That's my problem with most skincare stuff. So I'm like, I, I don't. I don't want to. But I've been trying it. Yeah, that is basically what happened to me when I was doing that retinol. You know, mm-hmm. they tell you. I mean, ba- basically, they tell you to start using retinol now when you're like 17 or something. Jesus Christ. But I was doing the retinol thing. Which, you know, basically what I was doing is putting on a retinol cream at night, you know? Right. And it was great for the first, like, three weeks. I was keeping up with the, you know, I don't know, the routine or whatever. But then I just fucking forgot. Like, I traveled and then I forgot to bring the retinol. And then I was like, well, fuck, now I'm not using the retinol for five nights. And then I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm not using it as much. And, exactly. But also, I have to tell you, I have had my face electrocuted before. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to get a facial down at my friend Amy Lavelle's <laughs> plug for Amy Lavelle. If you're in Atlanta, she has a... a uh, oh, that aviary place. Aviary. Absolutely. Aviary in Summer Hill, across the street from How Crispy, the greatest chicken place. The greatest place. chicken place. Eat a chicken sandwich and go get your face fucking electrocuted. Absolutely. Also, I literally do that. I get a lash lift and go eat a fried chicken sandwich afterwards. I get girl. all that. Yeah. Because you know how to live. Yeah. So, you know, I went to Aviary. I had a facial there. They asked me if I wanted to do the face zapping. Right. Right. I was like, yes, I'll try anything once like you. And it was funny because it was it did feel like a little zap, right? It was going zit, yeah. zit, zit, zit. And I could feel it a little bit under my skin. And then afterwards, she got me onto this, like, it was, it's basically like retinol, but it's like a toner. It's by Ooh. this fancy place, that biologique recherche place. Recherche. I don't know if I said that right. Recherche. recherche. <laughs> biologique recherche. Yeah, recherche. recherche. 
I don't think it's recherche, but it's recherche. I don't know. It better be recherche. <laughs> Ferrero recherche. Um, so she, but that is like a. They call it a p. It's called the p. 50 lotion and apparently it's doing whatever it is that I need to have done. Nice. But it's not a, a, a like a cream. It's just like a thing you just dab like after you nice. wash your face. So that for some reason feels a little bit less like like I can manage that a little bit better yeah. than well, putting a cream on. I don't know. Well, especially at nighttime. Like at nighttime, I'm not always feeling like I want to do the whole routine. But in the morning, I always get up and wash my face and do my yeah. thing. So like, you know, kind of putting that on. Yeah. But at nighttime, it's like I can't. The only routine I have is with my fucking mouth. Because since I got braces and I'm going through like all this, just trying to get my fucking Civil War graveyard of a mouth together over these past few years. I spent like 20 minutes flossing and then I gotta do the fucking mouthwash and then I have a water pick and then I brush and then I water pick again. It's just like, and I put my fucking retainer in. It's like that alone, once I'm done with that, I'm not doing my face. I've already done everything yeah. I'm gonna do to my head by the time I get to my mouth. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm extremely lazy when it comes to that kind of stuff. Even though I have really um, ambitious thoughts. Like I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have my fucking nine step face routine like it's important and I'll do it I have all the products set out and then it just goes back to just use witch hazel and go to bed like it doesn't you know and it's so sad because I am I don't know it, I want to be that lady but then I just forget to be that lady and I just I don't know it just drives me insane okay. and i also, you, uh, you don't you don't have to be that lady you have great skin you don't need a nine step maybe you need a two-step like a little texas two-step face yeah. <laughs> that's i'm trying to get everything down to the fucking minimum yeah me too so, um yeah. i will i will say something about that biologique research stuff part of what is crazy about it is that it stinks really and it smells like rancid salad dressing why the fuck do you want to put that on your face at any point in the day, especially before you go to bed? I know, and I don't know why, but I'm like, that means it works? Because <laughs> it <laughs> stinks. Like, I'm like, <laughs> you know how, like, beauty products always smell really good, and you're like, ooh, yes, sandalwood, or ooh, yes, roses. This shit stinks like the garbage disposal. No. Like, it is nasty, and for some reason, and that is like the famous thing about it is that it smells really bad. But I'm like, I don't know if it's working reverse psychology on me. I'm like, yeah, because it stinks, it's probably working. Because it's unappealing, it's probably ripping my face open and putting the baby cells uh, up there. You know what I mean? So, Look, giving birth stinks, pregnancy stinks, periods stink. Like that's part of the draw. You're like, this yeah. is this has to be working because I can't stand the, my own funk. Yeah. And I, I guess it's that whole like notion of like, I mean, you're electrocuting your face. I'm putting rancid vinegar farts on my face and we're, we look better. Is that really how it works? <laughs> vinegar farts. You're like, I, you don't come near me. You won't be able to stand the smell of it, but I look amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so crazy, but. Oh, I want to ask you, too, because um, I know you just mentioned your teeth stuff and that you had to get a CT scan on your head yeah. because of the teeth stuff. How did that go? That was 
one of the wildest experiences of my life. So, again, country, guys, country. And my dentist, so they had, I had some teeth removed when I got braces because my mouth was too crowded without getting too into it. So I have a couple of teeth I need to replace with implants. And I'm finally doing that this year. I kind of gave myself a break last year. I didn't want any major surgery. And so my dentist, usually, like when I was in LA or New York, they have this machine just in the office. Um, Here... The dentist said, well, you have to get a CT scan so we can make sure that the bone density is whatever, like good enough for us to put these implants in. And he said, you could either go to the hospital and have it done. And I'm like, who's walking into a hospital during this triple epidemic, like this fucking triple pandemic? Not me. If you don't have to go to a hospital, I ain't going to a hospital right now. He said, or there is a mobile CT unit that will come to your house. What? And I was like, let's do that. Yo, that is amazing. <laughs> this guy pulls up in a fucking conversion van. And when I go out my front door, there's a little stool, like a little step-up stool that he put out for me. And I sat down and I introduced myself. And he's like, hi, I'm Vladimir. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> and Vladimir put me down. There was a machine at one, like the back end of the truck. And I sat down and he did a CT scan of my head. It took about 10 seconds. Like he did it. In like, he's like, this will take about 18 seconds. And I was like, okay. And I sat down and he just did my scan. And then I paid him and then he left. Dude, unbelievable. <laughs> I, like, you don't understand. Like, actually you do because you know that I get scans every six yeah. months right and i get mris where i think which i think is like a little like a little more intense than a ct yeah. now that i've actually had a ct i'm like yo that shit's a fucking breeze compared to that goddamn mri Completely. but like even a ct scan is uncomfortable right yeah and i can't even imagine somebody rolling up to my fucking house and me just like getting in a Winnebago or whatever the fuck it is and doing it and then just going back to my house because part yeah. of the anxiety of a scan is having to roll up to the fucking hospital and all that yeah. shit. I had no time to be anxious because I was just making my coffee and then he calls me and he's like, I'm actually a little early. I'm here. Are you able to come outside? And I was like, yeah. So I put my coffee cup down and I went outside and by the time I got back inside, my coffee wasn't even cold. Dude, did they have to put okay, I've I, I think I either had a CT or an MRI on my brain once too. <laughs> like, did they put the like quiet riot mask album cover mask on your face when they did it? They had it was like a forehead shield. Oh shit. So they have like a little forehead shield and then he had me bite down on this little piece of cotton. Yeah. And then you just kind of put your face in and then the machine rotates around your whole head. Yes, bitch. Yes, I've had one of them. It rotates around that head. Hell oh, yeah. yeah, I've had one of them. Um, <laughs> it's actually fucking great because it's just like, zzz, like it's it amazing. Dope. And when he gave me the little cotton thing, I'm like, maybe he's trying to shut me up because the first thing I said, true to form, when I step into this van, he's like, I'm Vladimir. And I'm like, hey, I'm Danielle. And then I'm like, I can't believe you came right to my house. This is awesome. And then I sit down on the stool and he's like processing the payment and everything. And I was like, this this would be kind of a, a fun meat cute if I didn't smell so bad. And he was like, <laughs> here's this cotton for your mouth. And I was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm sorry. <laughs> Put a sock in that. Like my armpits are humming today. And he was like, <laughs> I need you to shut up immediately. <laughs> 
But yeah, I was like, oh God, I don't talk to enough people during the day. I still don't know how to talk to people. It's been, I still have to re-enter society. And Vladimir wasn't having it. He's like, I drive to people's houses all day. Like, thank God I'm wearing a mask. Yeah. <laughs> like, I had I had that moment, like, I had that moment, like, last week, basically. So, weirdly enough, I went to get a, a lash lift, which what I don't know that? if we've ever talked about this before. So, it's my first foray into cosmetic enhancement, even though it is literally... It's not plastic surgery. You're not like it, it's basically like getting a perm for your eyelashes. What? Yeah. <laughs> and because I will tell you, I I have very fucking puny eyelashes, and it's always been like a thing for me. You know how like sometimes you're just like, oh my god, I fucking have this and I hate it. But I've always just been, like, whatever about it because I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Like, I'll just, like, I just have puny lashes and I'm never going to look like, you know, Pepe Le Pew's girlfriends or anything like that. It's just going to be how it is. So so one of my friends, Heather Jewett, uh, I've mentioned her before. She was like, you should go, like, look into getting lash extensions or something like that if if it's really, like, something you want. And I've tried fake eyelashes before, and no. I hate them. I hate them. Like, when they put them on you for, like, photo shoots or something like that, you're like, get this shit off me. I hate glue on my, you know... And so I was like, okay, well, let me look into this world. So I went to Aviary, and I was like, this was a while ago, actually, because this is my second time doing it. So the first time I did it was a while ago. And, you know, they kind of gave me a consultation. They're like, you should actually just try a lash lift. It's very easy. It's not extensions. We're not putting anything on you. It's just literally like we take your eyelashes and we curl them up using... And it's like a solution they put on it? Yeah. It's like a little... You know how like when you... Well, I don't know if anybody used to get perms in the 80s as much as I got perms in the 80s. Like, my fucking mom loved a home permanent. Loved it. I got straighteners. <laughs> you know, those chemicals stink to high heaven, Hell right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of shit that stinks for beauty. But it was that thing of, like, you know, it, it's basically they just take your lashes and, you know, you sit back and then they they comb them out and then they just put a little bit of that shit and then it just curls up, right? I don't know how it's done because I'm on the table. But it's very relaxing and nice. when I, the first time I had it done, I was like, again, to me, I looked amazing. I don't know if anybody noticed but me, but I guess that doesn't matter. I just was like, yo, my eyelashes look so awesome. And I look cute and like demure. That's all that matters. Yes. And I'm like Veronica Lake in this bitch. I was like, yes. So anyway, I loved it so much. It lasts like two months or something. And so, of Holy course, shit. I had to get them done again. I go, l- listen, again, going through some personal s- changes. Mm-hmm. And I was totally in my feelings about it at that very moment that I pulled up to that lash lift. And then I just sounded like a maniac because <laughs> I was I was in a good space about it. Let's just say that. I was in a really good space about it. But I was definitely doing the whole like, and you know, it's good for me transitioning, move on, you know, like 
phoenix rising from the ashes i was like saying all this crazy shit but i was like definitely on one about it and this poor person that had to sit there and deal with my crazy shit was like yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) i don't know how to talk to people either like i just walk into a public place and just start unloading like unloading everything and and that's the thing is that these poor oh, people, God. they don't know that we don't know. Yeah, they be. don't. Well, because they're working public jobs again. So they're out <laughs> amongst people and they talk to people all the time. And I'm like, I live alone and I don't talk to anybody. Yes. It's like I've been released. Like, you know, those basements in the 70s and 80s where it's like kind of slanted and the doors opened on either side. Like you can. I was like, I've been fucking broken out of one of those basements. Yes. With like a storm yes. door. And I'm just coming, every every time I leave the house, it's like I'm fucking flying out of one of those basements and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> I know. I, I really do think it has a lot to do with the living alone because it's just like, if you had somebody around, you'd be sitting there being like chit-chatting every five fucking seconds and like yeah. cooking and like, you know, sitting around in bed or doing whatever. Even if you just had a roommate, you're talking a lot. Like, oh my God. Being alone means you, you have a lot of that shit backed up. And then when the, when the floodgates open, they open. They open. My 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 former sister-in-law, I just I call her my sister because we've got I've known her since I was 14. And like she's my nephew's mom. Like she's just been part of my heart forever. So she's my sister. And we went out for we had we got dinner together. And she made the mistake of asking me, like, hey, how's your home reno going? And Ooh. I swear I saw her at one point. She's so sweet, but I saw her at one point. After I talked for like 20 straight minutes, I'm like showing her Pinterest pages and like, and then I might do this and then I'm going to do that. And she had one of those yawns that she like tried to conceal that she like stuck in her mouth. So I saw her chin just kind of stretch and she was like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm going to shut up now because I feel like I've been going on about this for a long time. I, that happened to me on a podcast once. <laughs> Talk about talk about embarrassing <laughs> like the other person who's interviewing me was just like doing that uh, 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 and I was like god damn I better wrap this up I, <laughs> I just have a wrap it up sign flashing in my head every time I leave the house like the lady's like ma'am I just asked I just told you the price it's $5.99 I do not need <laughs> this 20 minute conversation with you but yeah so i'm gonna put there's i do have social things on my list this year so i can try to re-enter society and i'm definitely talking about it with my therapist a lot because goddamn, i have to but i'm proud of you for getting the lash lift look do whatever you need to do to feel better it's not hurting anyone that's right a lash lift is minor (laughs) well listen in that same vein i'm glad you're electrocuting your fucking face Thank you. I feel so I, good I, every day. Zap, zap. I know. And I was going to say, <laughs> you like you famously have never needed anything, but I get it. Like, I'm, I'm, look, I get it. And all I have to say about that is welcome to the pain. But it, yeah. it, look, I'm going to say it right now. Like, it, you look glowing. Even over this yeah. little video, you look glow. Thank you. My dark under eye circles are going away. Yeah. It's probably I'm like it. my I sleep a lot. Like, why aren't these circles going away? Then I'm like, let me zap them. Yeah. And they're like, don't get too close to your eye. And I'm like, too late, bitch. I take that solar wave and I'm like, right up in there. <laughs> I'm probably gonna go blind, but eh, <laughs> I've had a good run. <laughs> yeah, we absolutely we're doing the, we're doing the things we want to do, and that's all that counts, right? 
You look good. Yes, because we have a bare mins. We have a, such minimal enjoyment that we allow ourselves. So I'm all for it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know what else I'm all for? (laughs) This theme you came up with this week. I feel like, I feel like finally things are coming up, Millie. I, I, (laughs) I, I, I have been so lacking in the good themes. Like, <laughs> and I I apologize for that. But <sighs> honestly, like, I was like, yo, we, I brought something to the table. Holy shit. Everything and is I coming also, up Millie House, for sure. Yeah. Well, and also, like, coming up with the name, like, that's always been a you thing. Like, you're incredibly good at coming up with theme names. Okay. Uh, and I, I'm famously bad at it. Even in my days as a programmer, I had a hard time coming up with names for themes. You're the best at it. But for some reason, I pulled this out of my ass this week. And it's just, now I'm just like, okay, cool. You did something. Now you don't have to do anything for a while. You, you're a grand slam pinch hitter is what you are. Like, bases are loaded. Thank you. Here comes Millie. Knocks it out of the damn park. Thank you for using an analogy I completely understand. I really appreciate that. Um, well, why don't you tell them then what the theme is for the week? I mean, our theme this week is hang up the phone. I need to use the internet. <laughs> oh, my God. Which, if you're having a visceral flashback right now, you are of our age group. Absolutely. Uh, for anybody that's younger than, I don't know, 30? I don't know. How long has high speed internet been around? I can't I can't even I would say like Yeah, I think 30 is probably safe. Yeah. So this this theme is definitely about the early days of the internet, okay? And we have got two movies this week that are just like fucking mwah, impeccable, honestly. Uh, impeccable. Beautiful. But I want to ask you because a lot of people know this I think by now. But if you somehow don't, Danielle and I met off the internet, technically, right? Mm-hmm. During, like, the Tumblr, live journal sort of days, blogs. Yeah. Like, I remember going to your blog. Yeah, I had a blog for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's kind of what I want to ask you is, like, do you, when, do you remember, like, being on like when your family got a modem or like, how do you remember like being introduced to the internet? Oh, I totally remember because there's no way in hell my family had a computer in my house. (laughs) No way. I remember going to my, I went to college for a year right out of high school and then I left college for like 13 years. But that first year, 1995, there was a huge announcement during our orientation and they're like, we have internet so we have email addresses for everyone. Whoa. And I was like, what? And I was still using the computers in the library. 
did not have my own computer when I went to college. And I didn't get my own computer until like 97, I want to say. So my first introduction, like I knew it was kind of around, but my first introduction to it was I had to save enough money to buy my own computer. Yeah. And then make sure I had enough money to pay for internet, which was not included in your phone bill or anything like that. It was like a whole separate thing. Yeah. You had to hook it up through your phone. But like it, it was just very different. Try how to connect to even the internet. Yeah. Earthlink. Anyone out there have Earthlink? Oh, hell yeah. I remember when it was called Mindspring, bitch. Because that <laughs> shit was out of Atlanta. <laughs> that shit was an Atlanta company. And like, I know a lot of people who used to work at Mindspring. Damn. Okay, like, and that turned into Earthlink. So, Earthlink was the shit. And I really just, I kind of found my people through the things that I liked. Yeah. And there, it's wild that I have friends right now who I've had for over 20 years that I met on forums for musicians that I liked. I met on like craft forums and we're still friends 20 years later. That's insane. It's wild. I love that. Yeah. I, so I remember in, elementary school and I was living in Charleston like right outside of Charleston, South Carolina there was one person that I knew that had a computer and they they had a Commodore 64 Uh and their parents were doctors so they were rich as shit and I remember playing like video games on the Commodore 64 only at this girl this girl's house but I don't remember the internet or, I mean, there was obviously not, none of that. It was just basically like, oh, I'm playing a, vi- I'm playing a computer game, right? Right. Logo the turtle. <laughs> yeah. That was the first time I'd ever been in front of a computer. And it was only for extremely wealthy people. Right. And then I remember in 1995-ish, one of my best friends had a computer. Her mom had a computer. Let's get serious. Mm-hmm. And then they had America Online. Damn. And... We fucking fucked with that shit so hard. Like, we created a screen name for my friend Karen, and we would go into chat rooms and just, like, sit around and chat with people all the time. And it was, like, you know, about music, but then, you know, just, like, shit. Like, we didn't know what we were doing. And then, so we fucked with America Online, like, on the regs when we were at Karen's house. I remember we would watch... Terminator 2 Judgment Day on VHS, and then we'd go into her basement and play with America Online like all night long. Like it was a game! <laughs> that was that was the, the sleepover vibe back then. But then my family got a computer at some point, and it was fucking huge. It was like this giant machine. Mm-hmm. And then we got America Online because you could get a free trial. That's right. Remember, you could just like go to the store and get a free disc. You didn't even have to leave your house. They started sending them to you. Oh, yeah. They would send them to you. (laughs) And we would would use America Online on that 14.4 modem. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because that, I think, is something that our movies are both about, is this idea that, like, the internet ran through the phone. Yeah. It wasn't, like... And only the phone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... In order to connect to the internet, you had to like dial, you had to have the modem dial in. Exactly. Oh, God, can we took, drop it? It could take forever. <laughs> oh, I just, can please drop in the sound, Casey, of the former dial up. Oh, God. 
Yeah, that sound is going to haunt my fucking dreams. But, you know, Hell it was yeah. like, and I remember 14.4 was like, I A think lot. that was like the, the hottest. And then I remember it went to 28.8, I think it's. Yeah. And then everyone was like, holy fucking shit. The graphics just got better. God, everything is fucking different in my life because the fucking modem got better. Because Minesweeper looks so clear. <laughs> Now I'm able to go talk about ska bands faster. <laughs> so, so dumb. I mean, I mean, everything about that world, though. I mean, as much as like fucking Gen X people like are annoying as shit. Like that whole world of the early internet was kind of super fun and like it was so fun. I think honestly, like that's that's a big part of my movie too. Is just like this like weird culture of the internet, which. You know, obviously, we'll we'll talk a lot about, but just like the idea of like a bunch of little kids like getting on there and being like, yeah, you know, doing all this weird shit and talking their weird shit. I mean, I don't think my parents like ever knew what was going on. No, but they they were like, I mean, they they never, they certainly never flew anybody down to meet me, and you know, like that never happened. But it was this thing in order to like make friends and. You know, just sort of, like, connect with people. It's great. It was so fun. It was so much fun. But I also have to say, for both of our movies, when I look at old tech, it makes it just makes me sick to my stomach. Oh, I don't know how too. we did it. It makes me fucking sick. I'm looking at these movies and I'm like, ew! <laughs> yes. Like, bo- both of our movies have, like, sequences where there's, like, bloop, 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 stuff happening, and you're just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> we like, were such hot how gross this is yeah like in that there's this part in your movie where they're tracing a phone call and i'm just like look at this ugly shit like look at how they have to put a a a, a home telephone receiver onto a machine <laughs> it's like, oh God, it makes me want look to at puke. us now like the apple products are all smooth and beautiful oh my like, god no, it makes me want to fucking puke yeah it makes me want to oh. puke and i have a reveal I told you I have a reveal for your movie. Oh, my God. And I'm, I waited till we recorded because I wanted to get your pure reaction to my next statement. Oh, my God. I have never seen Hackers. <gasps> that's, I'm shocked, but that's okay. I avoided uh, it for most of my life. Yes, yes. And I watched it for this pod, and I got to tell you, this is my hereditary. I do not know how I'm ever going to forgive you <laughs> for making me watch this piece of shit. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the worst movie I have ever fucking seen. But it is also <laughs> the funniest movie I have ever fucking seen. Oh, we are going to talk about that shit and more. Like I've, I've known of its existence and I avoided it. And I'm like, this does not look good. It is not for me. It has aged so terribly. It might be <laughs> the worstly aged. Worstly? Is that a word? It might be the most terribly aged movie ever. Truly. It is so dated, right? Well, you're going first, and I cannot oh, yes. wait to get into it. So let's okay. please get into it. <laughs> okay, I'm, I am fucking ready to go. So, <laughs> okay. I, and trust me, I don't even have a lot to say about it, so I can't wait to fucking show oh, it do. up. Oh, okay. I do. Oh, I do. Well, because it's just like, you know, it's so dumb. So my movie for the theme, hang up the phone, I need to use the internet, 
<laughs> is a movie from 1995. It was written by Raphael Maru. It was directed by Ian Softley, and it's called Hackers. Hack the planet. Hack the planet. I'm not even going <laughs> to pretend that this movie is high art. Okay, we. you know why you're here. You know why you're here. Okay? Also, I'm going to say this right now. I have to... I have to say this up front because I just have to. I don't know shit about hackers and I don't fuck. (laughs) And I don't fuck with hackers. Just like I refuse to say anything bad on record about Eminem and the entire city of Philadelphia. Uh, You can't catch me saying bad stuff about hackers because I don't do that. Don't, don't hack me. Don't hack my planet. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But but I will say the writer of this film, I think, was really interested in the hacking subculture and like mm-hmm. shadowed a bunch of hackers and he hung out with them while he was writing the script. And so I know, and so I know that there's like a lot of references to hacking culture in the movie. Don't ask me to tell you about them. Right. Just look them up on the internet, just like the vibe of the episode. Look it up on the internet. But the other notable thing really about the movie, besides the fact that it is capturing this entire subculture in this like perfect era, right? Is the soundtrack, which yes. is all like these really big electronica bands like Underworld and Prodigy and Orbital and Kruderendorfmeister. And like, this was at the time that this movie came out, that was pretty much brand new, yeah. right? Like EDM really wasn't big in America yet, but it was growing in Europe, right? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like the new rock and roll in a lot of ways. It was like this whole new genre of music and it was pretty much listened to by like a lot of like weirdos and freaks. And I mean, I just think that's really remarkable because now electronic music is just so much part of music, right? Oh but yeah, like it's it, so ubiquitous. In this time, it was really, really new. And so of course you mix this whole like electronic music with the hacking culture. And so at the end of the day the movie itself like was pretty much like the first big hollywood movie for like computer nerds <laughs> which good for you we know we know how that all turned out it's been completely positive for the entire world so good for you you got your movie your first movie <laughs> the internet is not a failed experiment we shouldn't cut shut it off immediately <laughs> absolutely not everybody is a total good actor and uh we have nothing but wealth and (laughs) security everyone's prospering on the internet universe (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so a one sentence synopsis because we have to right even though i think you pretty much will know what this movie is about a group of high school kids who are also computer hackers are framed for a cyber crime and are desperate to try to clear their name. Perfect. I guess that's what the movie is about, roughly. This movie is also, for me, it's about the sunglasses lobby. <laughs> Just really kicking it into high gear. Was there, like, a fucking sale on tiny mirrored glasses when this <laughs> costume designer <laughs> was getting this shit together? I think the the tiny sunglass makers were definitely in cahoots with the rollerblade manufacturing <laughs> army. Oh yeah, there is like a whole Starlight Express element to this film that we have to discuss. 
this fucking Starlight Express hang zone will be discussed. Oh, in detail, hundred percent. Because I have never fucked with rollerblades in my entire never. Life. They're very dangerous. They are the toe shoes of the rolling world. Yeah. If that makes any sense. <laughs> it absolutely makes 100% sense. Like, not, not even JFK Jr. could make rollerblading sexy. Can you even think of anything that comes close to rollerblades, whereas they started off dorky and they're still dorky? Pogo balls. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but you know how, like, a lot of times people take, like, extremely dorky things and then they like there's a moment where somebody tries to make it cool and then people kind of ironically get into shit i feel like rollerblades have always been dorky and continue to be so am i wrong about that no you're not wrong about it because they they're by sheer size of what they are they can't be slimmed down they can't be the only thing we're going to come close to to make rollerblading cool is when we finally get some kind of like um like neon spinning wheel that goes on underneath them and it's not even wheels it's just like air and particles or some shit <laughs> like in 45 years rollerblades might be cool but even then i guarantee people are going to be like we have flying cars why are you on those fucking blades i mean i even feel like razor scooters had a slight day in the sun yes. I mean, this is like roller they need to get that pr on the rollerblading tip because that is Y'all got y'all got some work to do. It feels like I'll just say that. Even still, but, almost thirty years later, still. But yeah. the rollerblades, the sunglasses, and then I I have three major questions that I hope we're going to discuss. Of course, in relation to this film, and they are: What is Matthew Lillard wearing? Uh huh. What is what is Matthew Lillard saying? Uh huh. <laughs> and what is Matthew Lillard doing at any point in this film? Oh, uh, uh, how dare you think we would never. <laughs> approach the subject of Matthew Lillard in Hackers. Are you joking right now? I could make this entire episode nothing but that. We might have to do a bonus carryover because I have so much to say about this film. It's going to be spilling over. Yeah. Go forth. Get us into this wild world. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I'm going to... It's... The the plot is sort of like it's tiny, it's a tiny bit convoluted, but then I'll just try to make, be as brief about it as I can. So essentially at the beginning of this movie, Felicity Huffman is prosecuting somebody for an internet crime. And as it turns out, it's like an 11-year-old kid. Who <laughs> okay. like took down Wall Street. <laughs> yes, the sh- and, and just like we talked about in, like, the Omen episode, like, the shots of this little kid in a suit being tried in a courtroom for hacking is really fucking funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> like, uh, and so this this 11-year-old kid gets prosecuted for the—he took down Wall Street. He's 11. He, and his his handle, his name is Zero Cool. That's his handle. So Zero Cool was an 11-year-old, 11-year-old kid who, like, fucking took down— <laughs> the financial institutions of the world, okay? And it cuts in like seven years later, and guess what? Zero Cool is now in high school. His real name is Dade Murphy, okay? But his handle has changed. Now his 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 internet handle is Crash Override, all right? Now, Dade Murphy slash Crash Override is played by the British actor Johnny Lee Miller, and 
He talks like a newspaper reporter from the 1940s the entire movie, so get used to it. Just get used to it. And, um, like, hey, see, I'm back on the internet, see? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I know you're trying to have sort of an American accent right now, but I I don't know why you keep talking like James Cagney in in a movie from the 40s. Um, But I will say about this about Johnny Lee Miller in 1995, perhaps the era ideal, maybe. He's very cute. Bleach blonde, sarcastic. He this was right before he was in train spotting, mm-hmm. even though he sort of looks the same, like still has the bleach blonde hair. Okay. And so he's very cute. He's a good person to navigate us through this hacker's world because it's set up very similarly to every teen movie you've ever seen, which is that Dane is has been prosecuted as a child, and now he's just trying to lead a straight life. He wants to leave his baby hacking days behind him, but he also is still hooked. So, you know, he spends a lot of time as a as a student, like, hacking, I guess. I don't know what he's doing. He's just, like, online typing very fast. Well, but also, he's he was banned from using computers until he was 18. So how does he even know how to do this shit anymore? I know. I mean, I, it feels like you're gone off the internet day. You miss everything yeah so i don't don't know it's so hard to say what he's doing i guess so yeah he was banned from the from hacking and so now he's back but him and his mom have just moved to new york city he's starting a new high school okay so it's just like that that thing that like disturbing behavior thing where some tragedy has happened the family is moved to a new place and then they have to attend the new school and meet the new kids okay yes so the first day of school, he shows up. He meets a fellow hacker named the Phantom Freak. And I say freak, it's a P-H-R-E-A-K. I love how he introduces himself. He's like, I'm the freak. You know, the Phantom Freak. And I'm, I'm like, Phantom Freak. Ever that's heard supposed of me? to be like, like your secret hacker name. Why are you just like, you should know me. I'm the secret hacker named the Freak. I'm I'm, oh, I'm I'm incredibly impressed they introduced a person of color right up yes. front. I was very happy by that. Renally Santiago is who plays the phantom freak. Okay. Amazing. But he's called that because he's into telephone freaking, which again is another fucking old ass way that we used to get our kicks back in the fucking day. I mean <laughs> I'm not even explaining to you how it works because, again, it's probably, like, on the Wikipedia for it or something. But the one thing I will say that's so wild coming at it from, like, a modern perspective is the idea that used to be able to get free phone calls by playing the touchtone sounds. Yes. Over the phone. Yeah, I don't even know how that worked. I still don't understand the mechanics of that. But I just love that when we first see this character, he's like, why are you talking to me? I'm on the phone to Venezuela. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, what? So you like, then you see him do it and he has a little handheld recorder and he yes. plays his tones and is just connected. Yeah. I, I truly cannot believe the entire planet ran on that tech. Like, that's so fucking weird to me. But makes me sick, makes me sick. It was the 90s, right? Ugh. So, in addition to the Phantom Freak, Dade also meets a girl named Kate. And she is played by the queen pixie cut herself, Angelina Jolie. Now, Angelina Jolie and Johnny Lee Miller were married. That's her first husband. They met on this movie. 
okay? And Kate, she is swinging a big dick in this school. She is definitely the sexiest, most freaky girl in their entire class. Oh, she, she wears a lot of, like, sexy outfits. She has a, boy, a boyfriend who has a motorcycle. A lot, a lot of biker jackets. Oh, yeah. And Dade is, like, falls in love with her instantly, okay? As indicated by the intercut clips of sex noises and old cheesecake films. What are with these cuts? I have to talk about these cuts. It's so <laughs> 90s, and they thought they were being, like, so prolific. And it's like, <laughs> smash cut, smash cut, smash cut, smash cut to, like, five different movie scenes. And you're like, okay, he has a crush. We get it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that in this movie. Well, and actually, there's a lot in the first half of the movie. And then it kind yeah. of goes away after a while. So it's like that. It's almost kind of like a natural born killers thing where they're just like showing like random clips of things to like mm -hmm. describe characters. And, that, and then it just sort of stops after a while. So I think that's very interesting. But but Dade's in love with her, even though she pranks him on the first day by telling him that there's a pool on the roof. So, but uh, as you'll know, Dade gives as good as he gets and mm -hmm. you know you're, more about that later obviously so in the, in the mix there are a few more hackers that Dade meets eventually this guy named Lord Nikon who is played by Lawrence Mason I mean just another character of color I couldn't figure out what his deal was what does he do I I don't he know like what his function is well he, they call him Nikon because he has a photographic memory okay that's right. But I don't know how that applies to hacking. Yes. <laughs> I never quite figured that out. And they never quite explained that. Never explained it. Okay, thank you. Because I was like, did I miss something? Or does Lord Nikon have like no real hacking uh, skills? He's just a no. guy that knows a lot and can remember a lot. He's their DJ at parties? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so it's not very fleshed out, but so you but got, he's there. He's he is there. <laughs> Lord Micon is there. There's another kid named Joey. No, he doesn't have a handle yet because he's too young. He's the baby of the group, right? That's because the freak tells him, you want to be elite? You got to do a righteous hack. Yes. So you can't even get a name until you do a righteous hack. Yeah. So he's he's like the rookie. He's got to earn his, his handle. But he's played by Jesse Bradford, who later was in Swim Fan. So it's like has like his trajectory of online movies is so wild. I'm sure he knows that about himself, but I'm sure he's aware. Uh, but I truly just love that he in this movie has a baby face, is wearing braces, and constantly smoking a cigarette. I know. I thought about that too. I was like, man, I used to smoke while having braces, and that was <laughs> that was a crazy. Those are that must have been a crazy look because I looked at that kid and I was like, damn, he's a chain smoking kid that has braces. <laughs> Um, really weird look. Could not but, get away with it today. Could not get away with it today. Absolutely not. And then, of course, you have a hacker by the name of Serial Killer. And that's serial as in breakfast. He is played by the absolute 90s ledge, Matthew Lillard, who goes completely for broke in every <laughs> fucking way in this movie. <laughs> I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I love Matthew Lillard. I think Me he too. is fantastic. 
Um, yes. This was, his character was hilarious. He's like an unhoused high school student with a lot of braids and weird glasses. And he talks like a 1960s beach bum hippie. Yes. I, he, I loved it. He has a lot of energy in their friend group. Like he's he's the one that's kind of, he kind of pulls the idea of being a hacker into this like counterculture world. Mm-hmm. Like his he he's his character says that his parents were hippies and stuff. So he's kind of like that guy. He's just like and he and he likes to speak in these very like psychedelic ways. Like he's let's just say this. He wears these crazy ass tiny sunglasses all the time. The braids, the torn up fucking like it's like a weird, he's probably got like you know, safety pins like going up the seams of his giant jeans. Everything he wears is like deconstructed and tactical. It's like a mess. Always it's with like a, a band t-shirt, but like a yes. like a glittered up band t-shirt. He is absolutely out of control. Okay. <laughs> and and I'm just gonna tell you this right now. So you got the crew, the hacking crew that Dade meets when he when he first comes to his new high school. If you thought the teen lingo and disturbing behavior was bad, have a fucking seat. <laughs> because the dialogue in Hackers is going to make you pass the fuck out. Plain and simple. <gasps> chief, chief among them is the idea of the righteous hack. Which doesn't, like, I guess righteous hack indicates that you're stealing money or, like, shutting down systems. Is yeah, like that a righteous hack? I think a righteous hack is, like, you have somehow fucked the man or the government or, like, an institution okay. of some kind. Right. So, yeah, something that goes above and beyond, like, simply chatting about ska on the internet, I guess is kind of what that means. But the lingo is so insane in this way, right? And we were alive in 95. We were. Uh, I never recalled saying any of these things. And this is my primary problem with this film, is it is a yet another movie that is written by adults who think they know what teenagers sound like, and it is nothing like what teenagers sound like. Yes. Yes. Like, I, like I have never even formed sentences even close to what these kids have said in this movie. Okay. And there's just a lot of that kind of shit tucked in there. Besides the fact that, of course, we just talked about it. They rollerblade everywhere. All these kids rollerblade everywhere, even in school, right? I'm just like... Unreal. And then they hang out after school at this, like, cyber cafe that is essentially, like, the Dave and Busters of nerdy early (laughs) internet kids. It's like... (laughs) Video games, fucking hacking, fucking raver DJ, fucking, like, it's like all this stuff going on. I'm like... I never hung out at a place like that. That's like, what the fuck is this? I mean, listen, I I know New York is fancy, but Jesus. I used to hang out in New York when I was a teenager. This didn't exist. No club had a Starlight Express rollerblade ramp inside of it. <laughs> it wasn't happening. Yeah. Like, and their school is also like super deconstructed too. Like in that way where it's like, Everyone's wearing raver clothes. Like, there's a kid in their English class who's literally wearing, like, no shirt and, and a vest. It's it's like shades of Gerardo from <gasps> Can't Buy Me Love, where you're like, how is a kid able to come into the school bare-chested and take a class 
They would never let this happen. Even in raver times, oh, you know God. what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> remember, this is back in the day where like metal detectors were hot shit in New York City schools, and like they were on these kids for everything. Yeah, and they're able to come in wearing club clothes. It does. It makes like zero sense. Okay, so look. So now Dane's got this new group of friends. They're starting to do righteous hacks together. And like, <laughs> here's the other part of this movie that's just so outrageous to me. Like, okay, I get that the movies had to figure out how to visualize what the internet was right. in 1995, but Jesus Christ. Like, Disgusting. the graphics of the scrolling numbers and the computer software mazes and it's like people are like typing click clacking on the keyboards and then it's like mathematical formulas just (laughs) flying through the air around their face there goes the pythagorean theorem there goes the fucking you're like what does this have to do with anything i know it's like the idea of entering the internet like entering the internet was literally that fucking modem sound exactly that's all it was there was no visual component there wasn't you know I wasn't stepping into a psychedelic dimension. It was just like waiting for the Kirk thing to be over. We were we were not the lawnmower man. Like <laughs> fucking flying through numbers and shit. Well, and like weirdly enough, so like this whole part to me reminded me of weird science. Cause do you remember yes. in weird science when they they finally they go through that whole sequence where they're creating mm-hmm. The woman and like that, it really looks exactly like that. And that movie was from like 10 years before. So I'm like, in that 10 years, the the look of getting on the internet is exactly the same. Oh god. They just got rid of the graphs. Yes. <laughs> like, we don't need the graphs. We'll just give them the numbers and the theorems. Well, it it's just says just such crazy. I mean, just such craziness. It's so dated and funny to me. It now, is hilarious. Let me tell you now, I got to move into this part because so their righteous hacking is getting finally gets the attention of this like big bad computer hacker dude who is named the plague. Okay. He is played by the actor Fisher Stevens and he is absolutely fucking unhinged in this role. Okay. <laughs> he is just a free range psychopath in this movie. He he looks like Dave Gahan in the Songs of Faith and Devotion era Depeche Mode. Okay? He is a grown man who skateboards everywhere. <laughs> He's wearing trench coats like... My dude is clocking real Batman villain hours. Like, this, this entire role for him is so unbelievable. From his entrance on, I am dying laughing every time he's on screen. And I know I'm not supposed to, but I cannot help it. I know. And it's just like, you can't help it. It is like every time he's, he's on screen, it's ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> His character doesn't even have like one serious moment ever. Okay. Like, I think that the movie is most best known for there's like clips of this online, the scene where he grabs the floppy disk on a skateboard and then he disappears into a limo. <laughs> <laughs> I fell off of my couch when I saw that. I slipped to the goddamn ground because <laughs> I could not take it anymore. <laughs> 
It is the funniest, stupidest thing I've ever seen in a movie. It is so fucking funny. Oh, God. Um, Him on that skateboard is the living end. Yes. I love when 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 crimes are are happening with a skateboard. It's like that scene from Hard Ticket to Hawaii where, I don't know if anybody's seen that movie, where the kid is riding a skateboard upside down. <laughs> like, like, and, oh my God, I just can't. I, I love skateboard crime, basically. Skateboard crime. Skateboarding is not but, a crime. <laughs> yes. So, okay. Here to so additionally, what's happening is that the plague is trying to close in on these hackers, these teen hackers. Additionally, the government is closing in on them too, including Mark Anthony and Wendell Pierce. Thank you. I can't believe Wendell Pierce was in this film. Wendell Pierce shows up. He looks like Brother Mozone. He looks like <laughs> a door-to-door like nation of Islam salesman. <laughs> Exactly. He is taking Nation of Islam door to door and trying to get down the cut down these hackers <laughs> when he can fit it in. I truly cannot. So, okay, you've got these two feds. They're on the case, okay? And then as it turns out, Kate, who Dave just thought was a hot girl at a school, she's actually a hacker herself. And her name is Acidburn. And turns out her and Crash Override have battled while they were righteous hacking each other. Uh, so they discovered that. And then what ends up happening is that like all their friends are starting to get busted because the plague is setting them up to take this fall for this like huge financial scam. So everybody has to work together. Even these two crazy lovebirds, they got to work together to help their friends. And with the help of these two Asian guys who host a very popular hacker TV show called Hack the Planet, they just might. They just might win. But they're they're not just up against the plague. They're also up against Lorraine Bracco, whose <laughs> who's only acting direction in this film was go nuts. Just be <laughs> insane. <laughs> I still don't really understand her role other than they needed <laughs> they needed a Natasha to Fisher Stevens's Boris. I yes. don't really know why yes. she's there. Um, she doesn't know why she's there. She's Lorraine fucking Bracco. She's like, what yeah. am I doing here? It's very, very unclear. Oh my I, God. And listen, I'm not going to give away the ending to this movie, but I will say there's a sequence towards the end where the hackers are battling Fisher Stevens, Penn Gillette, who was also involved somehow in this criminal underworld. So it's like the hackers are fighting like Penn Gillette and Fisher Stevens in this like giant like layer, this like bad Batman villain guy layer. And it is so goddamn funny. Everyone is acting like they're in Top Gun or some shit. It's like, <laughs> and then I won't tell you why or how this happens, but at some point, Crash Override slash Dade screams, Hack the planet from the back of a cop car onto the streets of New York, and it is so ridiculous. Well, I again lost it. I lost it. They're trashing it. (laughs) Hack the planet. Matthew Lillard in this part is so fucking funny. Like that moment of like enthusiasm to like hack the planet. Yeah. And then he's like pumping his fist in the air on the street, like, yeah. Oh 
And absolutely no one knows what he's saying. The rest of the crowd is like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Who is this in- just high, drugged out kid being loaded into a car, screaming about shit we don't understand because we yes. have not had the internet put in our, ho- our homes yet. Yes. Holy well, shit. And like, here's the thing about this movie, I will say, to, you know, in closing, it's not, this movie didn't completely bomb. It wasn't no. like this movie didn't, it was sort of well-received. I mean, fucking Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars. It's like, so people sort of liked this movie. I think it's just because it's so dated that people have begun to cringe at it, right. which of course means that it becomes a cult classic. Of course. Right? <laughs> so, like, it's so strange how that, the trajectory of this film really in that way, but it's like, Honestly, dude, like, I am so happy that I made you watch it. I can't even imagine what you were thinking. I just can't even imagine. I was cringing so hard I was folded over at some (laughs) point. I was touching my damn toes. (laughs) I was laughing my ass off. This is a truly funny movie because of the the dating of it, but because it was bringing back memories of that time, too. Like, I love it early 90s, mid-90s New York. Yes. Um, it was just so funny, unintentionally so, but so yeah. funny to me. And I just, it was a mess. It was a mess of a movie. Yeah. And I love a mess. I love a mess sometimes. I also love, there's a scene where the Jesse Bradford character gets like questioned by the cops and then he's released and he has to go to like a 12-step group. But when the freak gets arrested, he goes to like Oz. Yes. And I'm like, what the hell is this discrepancy going on here? They're both the same age, apparently. Yes. Why is a brown kid got to go to fucking Oz? I know. That was, there was this, like, very... <laughs> I was very <laughs> unclear about the, the jail situations for these folks. Me like, too. None of it made sense. Oh, what a mess. What a beautiful, hilarious mess. And I know you read, there has to be an oral history of this movie. I will say this. I posted this in our Slack because there was an oral history about the the soundtrack, which was actually kind of interesting. I mean, I have nice. to say, just based on like the the music of the time, did not find one yet on the movie, but I am fucking certain it's out there. Like, I am certain somebody from our generation was like, "Let's get the old gang back together." Like, let's let's get these folks in a room and have them talk about this fucked up. 90s internet movie. I guarantee there isn't one because absolutely all of them were like, please don't bring, take that off my resume. Don't even bring it up. (laughs) Do not even raise the question of this film. Yeah, I know. I should have like went down the research hole right, wanted to see if Angelina has talked about it. I would, I will give you $5 if she has. Good or bad, just if she's mentioned it at all, I will give you $5. I will hack into your bank account and remove the $5. <laughs> That's the other thing about about your film and both of our films is like so much of hacking was about stealing money. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, what do you expect to happen? You're stealing tens of thousands of dollars all the time. I know it's like I can't believe we got busted. I'm like, maybe because you just funneled twenty five million dollars to yourself. Like, start small. Start with a hundred. Like, you don't need to go that hard. 
Jesus H. Well, look, I, I have to say, your film this week really puts me in this beautiful place of, of youth. And I cannot wait to hear you talk about it, honestly. Well, I'm going to tell you all about it because my movie is from 1992. The screenplay is by Phil Alden Robinson, Lawrence Lasker, and Walter Parks. It was directed by Phil Alden Robinson, and my movie is Sneakers. So people hire you to break into their places to make sure no one can break into their places? It's a living. Not a very good one. You get it? Because they, like, sneak into the internet. <laughs> take your shit. They sneak around. Sneak doink, 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 doink. They have that cartoon... A uh, cartoon sneaky sound, doink, 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 <laughs> whenever they walk anywhere. <laughs> My movie, so if your if your film was the first computer movie for young nerds, I think mine was the first for old nerds. Yes, <laughs> like people who used to work on computers when computers were the size of a living room. <laughs> yes, my my one sentence synopsis of sneakers is that a group of professional hackers bands together to take down a rival after one of them is swindled into stealing and then giving away tech that could eradicate the free world. Pretty good. (laughs) So right away, I have to mention the cast because the cast is incredible. Um, You've got Robert Redford playing Bishop. Sidney Poitier plays Crease. David Strathairn is Whistler. Dan Aykroyd is Mother. Uh, River Phoenix is Carl. Uh, Mary McDonnell plays Liz. You have a very, very young Bodie Elfman playing a security guard. This movie has everything. And let's not also forget quintessential. Donald Logue is playing yes. Dr. Gunter Janik. <laughs> I fucking love Donald Logue. I love him. Yeah. I don't know why. I can't explain it. (laughs) No, he's fucking funny as shit. Like, and this is going to date us, obviously, but remember the Jimmy the Cab Driver ads on MTV? You know, like the ding, dong, dong, dong. You know, as a taxi driver, it's a pain in the ass. You're coming down the road. These guys take up the middle. They park. You got 60 kids looking for a sucker pop or something, you know. Hey! You know, I got a cab. I got a fare here. <laughs> you know, but the kids like their ice cream. You let them have their ice cream. That's yes. where I fucking, I, that's how I discovered him. I thought that shit was the funniest shit ever. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Carrier's like they have, they have clips of it on YouTube. If if you haven't seen Donald Logue doing that Jimmy the Cab Driver character, there were like these spots for MTV that they would play, you know, like as bumpers and stuff bef- before the videos. And it is fucking amazing. Um, and, and weirdest part too is that that, Th- that's when he was probably on MTV is when this movie came out. Right. Right. Yeah. It was not yeah. too long after because he was really, his career really kickstarted after the Jimmy the Cab Driver stuff, I think. Yeah. Um, and he was like suddenly everywhere after that. Yeah. So he was in this movie and oh my God, he's so, I just, I just get very excited when I see him on the screen. I just really Me like too. him as an actor. Um, yes. I know you haven't watched it yet, but he is in this last season of What We Do in the Shadows. Oh and shit! I gotta watch it. It's because great. I, it's like, great do you remember when? Do you remember when he was in Terriers? That show yes. it was very brief. Man, that shit was so fucking good. That shit was so good, and they fucking canceled it so soon. I know. Such, such trash. These TV networks sometimes. Trash. 
One thing that's interesting to me about this movie is I feel like the opening is a nod to Three Days of the Condor. See, I was wondering that too, right? Yeah, because it's Robert Redford and his friend Cosmo and they're hacking in a, you know, in a college lab and he just misses, the Robert Redford character, Bishop, just misses getting arrested because he goes out for pizza. Yeah. And his friend gets taken into custody. Yeah. Exactly. I thought that too. I was like, oh, here's another movie where Robert Redford goes out for food (laughs) and then something bad happens. And I love it. I love the nod. I'm into it. So we're catching up with Bishop much later in life, like 40 years later. And now he's part, he's the head of this group of former criminals, essentially, who break into places to prove what their vulnerabilities are. So right. they're, they're all like the Fisher Stevens and hackers of this world. Like they're like, we're right, going right. to bust into your shit to prove that we can bust in and then help you fix it. So Martin Bishop is the top dog. Um, Crease Sidney Poitier is his former CIA agent. Mother's is conspiracy theorist. I thought this is what the, one of the movies where Dan Aykroyd was used sparingly and perfectly. Like, he oh, never man. became annoying. He never yeah. became too much. He was just great. Then you have, again, Whistler, Irwin, who's like this visually impaired genius. I, again, always love seeing David Strathairn on screen. <laughs> oh, my God. Love him in this movie. I love him so much. Um, oh, poor River Phoenix. Carl is like this teenage criminal who plays kind of the same character he plays in I Love You to Death, where he's just like yeah. this sweet little weirdo. <laughs> Liz is Martin's brilliant former girlfriend who is fed up with everyone's shit. Um, But it's a great cast. It is a really great ensemble. Yeah. And in the beginning, where we're watching them, we're kind of learning how this group operates. They introduce us to this group of characters Mm -hmm. um, by watching them break into a bank. And there's this incredibly funny scene in the beginning where Carl, the River Phoenix character, is, like, dressed in the black turtleneck with the black hat, and he's starting to put black stuff on his face to, like, mm-hmm. shield him. And Sidney Poitier just comes up and looks at him like, what the fuck are you doing? I know, I noticed that. <laughs> the look is everything. It cracks me up. So these guys, you're just, like, kind of in the beginning of the movie just learning their personalities, and it's really funny, subtle humor. Like, they're just kind of having these, like, jokes and one-liners, and it's, but it's very subtle and funny. And Robert Redford is incredibly great in this movie. I thought he was just wonderful. Yeah. Remember we had to write that wrong of that we yes. had to find a movie where Robert Redford was charming and wonderful and not an asshole? This is it. Oh, my God. I gotta tell you, like, <laughs> he, like, this movie was for me, for like, from my memory as a child, was sandwiched in between Legal Eagles, which was pretty much the first time I even knew who Robert Redford ah. was. Because I was like, who is this handsome blonde? You know? What an intro. So there was Legal Eagles and then Up Close and Personal, oh, which yeah. came after, the, which was another like uh, romance where I was like, oh my God, he's so handsome. So it's like, Whenever I do think about like the warm feelings of Robert Redford, it's that mm-hmm. arc of like legal eagles to up close and personal. And so now, you know, as I've gotten older and I've seen all these other movies of his, I'm like, oh my God, he played a lot of like, you know, pr- like bad guy, bl- bad blonde guy roles. But this movie is so cute. He's just a sweet. sweet, a sweet 
tender man who yes. loves his crew of criminals yes. and just is trying to really fly under the radar because as we learn later in the film, after Cosmo got arrested, he had to flee to Canada and change his name. So his real name is Martin Bryce, but he has changed it to Bishop and then came back into the U.S., where these now these two guys are going to use that information against him. So at one point, and they're they're in this like they work out of this kind of like cool loft space, and they're all just kind of free and fun and weird. And I just thought that looks like it could be so much fun. Yes, I want to. I want to hang at the sneakers loft. I just yes. do. Like dream house is the sneakers loft. <laughs> oh, I know. It's like such a cool. Such a cool area. Like, the scene where they have that party there is so awesome. I'm like, God, I want to go to the sneakers party at the sneakers loft. That party. The dance scene is amazing. We're going to get to it in one second. Yes. Because it's one of the things I love the most about this movie. Even though it's yeah. quick, I love it. Yeah. So, they do this job. You get to see how they work. And then Martin comes back to the office, and there's these two guys. One of them is Timothy Busfield. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which always means bad news. Always signals bad, bad news. <laughs> when Timothy Busfield's on the scene, shit's going down. Um, so these two guys come in and they say they're in the NSA and they want to hire Bishop for this job. And he's like, I don't want to do that job. I don't work for the government. And they're like, oh, come on. It's just like, you know, you got to steal some tech from this math prodigy who's suddenly getting a bunch of funding from Russia. And that's the Donald Lowe character. And he's like, no, I don't want to work for the government. But then they show him an FBI poster with his real name on it. So mm-hmm. he's like, fuck, they know who I am. So he yeah. caves and then he convinces the crew to cave because they're like, all right, we'll do it for the money. And the way they get this box is so funny and weird and hilarious and sweet. Yes. But the funniest part of it to me is that their biggest obstacle is an electronic keypad on a door. (laughs) Like, they have bugged the apartment. They have put in the cameras. They have done everything. And then he gets ready to get into the office, and he's like, oh, there's an electronic keypad on the door. I didn't know that. How am I going to get around this shit? Yeah. Because early tech, a keypad could thwart your mission. (laughs) Yeah, there's a couple. I mean, as much as I love this movie, I mean, there's a couple of moments where you're like, Hmm. Okay. I guess I'll buy that. Like they like they can't they can hack telephones around the world but they can't open a fucking keypad. Cuz I Sydney Poitier's character is like, nope, can't be done. Like you can't sorry, no, no you're questions. screwed. You just got to kick it in. That's the only way to do it. That's right. <laughs> it's hilarious. But again, old tech makes me sick to my stomach. Ugh. So they get the box and then they have a little party and they have this dance scene. And it's basically Mary McDonald, who's not part of the crew. She's she's just kind of like Martin's ex, and she's smart, and they need her help. Um, yeah. But she's not really, like, she doesn't work for them. But she's at this party, and yeah. she is dancing with everyone, and it is so adorable. She, I mean, just to see Sidney Poitier dance always makes me happy. Me um, too. But everyone has their own style, and David Strathairn is going Balls to the wall. <laughs> He's like, I will not have rhythm. I will not have any kind of moves. But it's a very, very sweet uh, party until Whistler realizes something's wrong. So we get three important pieces of information in this party scene. The first important piece of information is we find out that Cosmo died in prison. 
So this is mm. a guilt that Martin has been carrying with him the whole time. We also get to hear them all say what they want to do with their part of this big paycheck. And then Erwin realizes that there's something up with the box. At the same time, Martin realizes that the company, Tech Astronomy, is an anagram for too many secrets, and it's not a real company at all. That's right. There's that whole, like, Rosemary's Baby-ish scene with the Scrabble tiles. Yes! Where they're like, oh, what's a Tech Astronomy? What could this be? Like, blah, 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 blah. And they're just, like, moving the tiles around, you know? And at one point, it's like, Mary McDonald spells out, like, cootie balls. <laughs> like yeah, rat else. semen. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> and he just, Robert Redford just looks at her like, are you serious? It's so yeah. great. But what they realize is that this box that they have is the ultimate code breaker. They can break into any system. They can break into air, air traffic. They can break into Fort Knox. They can break into anything. This box is a key, and this mathematician figured it out. And that's probably why he was talking to Russia, because he was going to consider selling it to Russia. Um so they're all freaked out about the box. They decide to deliver it anyway. And as they're delivering it, Crease, Sidney Poitier, realizes these guys are not from the NSA because he just find, finds out that the mathematician, Donald Logue, was murdered. So he's like, oh, fuck. So he calls Redford back to the car. They speed away. Martin gets duped again. Damn. <laughs> but now the race is on to stop this box from falling into the wrong hands, even though they don't have possession of the box. So Martin gets kidnapped. He's framed for a murder. Um, he meets up with someone thought to be dead, but is not dead because Cosmo comes out of the woodwork and is like, guess who's behind this whole thing, bitch? And they have a little meeting and Ben Kingsley plays Cosmo and he is fucking hilarious in this role. Okay, so I for I swear to God, I mean, I've seen this movie several times. I haven't seen it in a while, but I forgot that it's Ben Kingsley. And at first I thought it was Ben Gazzara. <laughs> like, because when, when he first pops up, I'm like, yo, is that Ben Gazzara? But then I'm like, no, I think that's not. I think it's I think it's the other Ben. The other famous Ben. Yeah. Ben he Kingsley. He's such a little creep in this movie. Ugh. It's hilarious because he's so gross and like he's got that that half ponytail thing. Yes. Oh, it's so hilarious. He's he's wonderful. Wonderful in this role. Yeah. But now he and Martin are kind of like having a little tete-a-tete. And yeah. then all hell breaks loose. I don't want to ruin the end of the movie for you, but all hell absolutely breaks loose. And it is absolutely hilarious and wonderful. And I just, it's, this is such a fun tech movie because it's like so much about the relationships between the people who are performing the crimes. And I kind of yeah. love that. I I do too. Obsessed with like, I think we talked about this when we did Thief, the James yes. Conn movie Thief, where a lot of this, a lot of what I love about this movie is that it's like a lot of like watching people like do their job type of thing. And I love like specialized people in a crew, right? So it's like, yes. you've got like, Dan Aykroyd, he's kind of like the phone guy. And then you got like Sidney Poitier, who's kind of like the ex-CIA government guy. And then, you know, so every, like Whistler is obviously the sound guy. But yep. there's like a lot of like, everybody's got their own role and they all kind of come together and they work together in that awesome loft. I can't get yeah. over the, the sneakers loft. 
And I just like that to me is fascinating when they're just sort of like doing and the tech is obviously so old, like so old, but not overused in the way that it was overused in hackers. Yes. Like there's a sequence where there's a sequence where Martin is on, he's trying to call into this like, you know, the person who's like really, really wants the box, right? And it's and he's basically like, if I do a deal with you, will you offer me protection? Like, how do I know? And they have this whole thing where, so Whistler traces the phone call, and of course the tech is fucking terrible. It's like Commodore sixty four, like map of the the world where the call is being shot to all these different countries. And then they have uh, the Dan Aykroyd character puts a polygraph on the phone line yes! to see <laughs> if the caller is lying. And I'm like, wait, what that happen? <laughs> Especially in the n- early 90s. <laughs> Could a you polygraph. run a polygraph th- through a telephone and guess oh. whether somebody was lying? Like, they basically work with your body's pulse and heat yes. and, like, even yes. though it's a now debunked science, if it was going what? to work at all, your body has to be there. Yes. Like, they're trying to figure out if your heart rate is fast, not if your voice is weird. <laughs> but these these nerds have figured out a new way to use the polygraph. And then they all yeah. panic. They're like, hang up, he's lying! <laughs> oh, yeah. Very, very tense scene. Very tense scene. <laughs> hang up the phone, he's lying! Oh, God, that is... It's so... And it's so funny because this movie is set in San Francisco, but it's like a pre... Internet yes. boom, San Francisco. Yep. So you kind of get the the seeds of what's to come from these people kind of setting up shop in in old San Francisco. And it's kind of fun to see the bridges. And like, I don't know, I used to live in San Francisco and I love it. But um, I just love seeing that old, that old, old part of the city. But um, it's just, it's very, it's an intriguing movie. It's not too overwrought. It's not too convoluted. The tech will make you sick to your stomach, but it's hilarious. And it's just a really fun movie where you get to see people be very good at their jobs and try to thwart the bad guys. And at the end, I don't want to spoil it, but some parts of that prophecy, this prophecies that they laid out at the party come true. Yes, I, oh my God, this movie reminds me of being a kid. It was like, again, I had the the warm feelings for Robert Redford being a handsome older man. I also loved Sidney Poitier. Like, I mean, God, such a good pairing, actually, to have Redford and Poitier in the movie. Because it's just kind of like the two older Hollywood actors that are kind of Mm -hmm. having to be a part of this ensemble cast. It's, like, so cool. And they both kind of play different sides of the coin. Like, Robert Redford's kind of like the cool, chilled-out one, and Sidney Poitier is like the (laughs) fed-up over (laughs) one. It's really sweet to see them interact. I know. It's really great. And then you have, like, I, I, okay, you know, I was all up on that Memphis Bell shit. So, you know, I knew who David Strathairn was. And he, he's playing, I feel like, in a weird way, kind of a, like a role that's a lot different for him. Cause I'm, he was always yeah. playing like stern military or police people for mm-hmm. a long time. But then he's just like a goofball. Absolutely. In which is so cute, and the and the scene where they let him drive, yes, is so good. Oh god, it's, it's so, good. so good. And this is the other thing, like the '90s. Obviously, 
not always sensitive to people with any kind of disability. So the fact that he's playing this visually impaired person and they're not making that the butt of the joke and it's kind of like folded in in a way that makes sense. It was ahead of its time. <laughs> yeah. No, he, yeah, he's like a fully integrated member of their crew. Like, yeah. I mean, and that's, I think, part of what I love about it is that it's like a team that's working together and they care about each other. And then, you know, they're they're trying to like clear their name or whatever, which I guess that has something in common with my movie too. But yes. I don't know why this movie is so charming to me because it's just like, I don't know. I think for like a spy thriller, it really has this like warm and fuzzy glow to it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Because yeah, it's something we don't talk about a lot, but I think the music also plays a big part in that. Yes. And there's like a couple of good dad jokes. It's real mm-hmm. gentle. You know, you got people who are not like over the top acting. Everyone is real even keeled. A lot of professionals, you know, yep. and I'm just like, I fucking love this movie. It's so cozy. I don't know. It is. It's cozy as hell. And I just, I'm so glad we got to watch it and pair it up in this hang up the phone. I need to use the internet theme because it's the first thing I thought of. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just so happy that I got to watch it again. So thank you. Um, I don't know if it's a Christmas movie. I I don't, I couldn't tell if it was that party was a Christmas party. Cause I I was like, listen, you got some some garland back here. I don't know what we're thinking about this, but yeah, they have the lights up, but yeah, hard to say. I actually, that would be weird too. If it would be like related to three days of the convoy. Yes. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> subtly, like... a subtle Christmas movie, who knows, but, um, oh, damn, I'm so glad that I got to talk to you about these movies this week because talking about the old days, of the internet is really fun and funny to me. And, you know, having having the uh, notion that we technically met off the internet makes it yeah. even better. So it's so great. I'm so glad that we're friends, that we found each other through our nerdery. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Absol- absolutely. And I'm going to say this on record. I fucking miss Live Journal. That I know. It, that that was those that was a fun moment in time. So that era was hilarious. Yeah. Oh. Well. Look, okay, if you want, and only if you want, to email us, if you want to send us the secret codes, if you want to hack the planet with us, we are at I saw what you did pod at gmail.com. And we also have a P.O. box if you want to send us handwritten letters. You can find it on our Instagram link tree. And for all of our social media, we are at Isawpod on Instagram and Twitter. That's right. And finally, we have merch, as always. If you would like, go to the I Saw What You Did section of the Exactly Right shop, and you can find all of our wares. We don't have a black box. We don't have an I Saw What You Did branded black box, but maybe we will come up with one. I wouldn't be above it. Yes. (laughs) Like, did they just put a black box with an I saw what you did logo in the store? (laughs) People come to your house like, what the fuck is this box? (laughs) Like, it's the most intense paperweight you could ever own. (laughs) We have an exciting announcement. Starting this month, we are going to start releasing our bonus episodes on the main feed. They will no longer be behind a paywall. If you want even more of Danielle and I, you're in luck because we are rolling out uh, some of our prior bonus episodes from the vaults 
they will be showing up in the main feed every uh, so often on a Wednesday. So check us out there. And we will also be releasing brand new bonus episodes the third Thursday of every month. So be on the lookout for that too. So check our feed on Wednesdays and Thursdays for bonus and Tuesdays for regular episodes. You're going to get so much of us. It's going to be great. Do you want to tell them what the movies are for next week? Oh my, oh my God, do I? Uh, <laughs> okay. So movies for our next episode are The Machinist from 2004 and American Psycho from 2000. I mean, try to guess that theme. Try. We know what you're going to try to do the first. We, we know what you're going to say the first attempt, but just think of who we are and then try to yes. think of the theme. Yes, absolutely. And as always, Danielle, fucking pleasure doing this podcast with you. The best. The best. Let's go electrocute our faces and uh, yes. report back next week. <laughs> Will do. See you next time, everyone. <laughs> Bye. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced by Casey O'Brien. Mixed by Edson Choi. Our theme song is by Tom Bryfogle. Artwork by Garrett Ross. Our executive producers are Georgia Hardstart, Karen Kilgariff, and Daniel Kramer. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at IsawPod. And you can email us at IsawWhatYouDidPod at Gmail. Follow I Saw What You Did on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit ExactlyRightStore.com to purchase I Saw What You Did merch.